Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's leaving us comments and actually emailing in to podcast at ukinvestormagazine.co.uk with your comments about the podcast and suggestions. Um, one suggestion we actually did get uh, in the last couple of weeks is maybe looking at a selection of stocks for the year going forward. And that's something we're actually going to be doing today. And to do that, we're kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for joining us today. Seasons greetings, John. How are you? Yes, very well. Very well. Thank you. Looking forward to, to Christmas. So we're going to be looking at uh, selection of equities today. So mixing up the podcast slightly to what we usually do in, in our uh, typical format. We're going to be focusing really on, on a selection of stocks uh, that you've put out as ones that you see particular uh, interest in going forward for the next year. Uh, before we do that, Alan, I, th- I think it would probably be worth just touching on the economic outlook for for next year. Of course, this is being recorded uh, just before the Bank of England's meeting. We also have the Federal Reserve meeting, so major uh, decisions there. The expectations are we're not going to see much change with the Bank of England, but it's all eyes on the Federal Reserve and what they do in terms of, of tapering. So uh, most people that will be listening to this will probably be listening to this after those decisions have come out. So we won't touch too much on those, but they could have big ramifications in the short term. But just generally, Alan, we've we've seen a bit of a change, haven't we, in markets over the last uh, two weeks, and that's very much yeah. down to the Omicron uh, variant. That That's obviously changed central banks' views, as, as, as they've said, uh, so we interested to see what they actually do. But, you know, generally looking forward, you know, if we were speaking two months ago, things were looking pretty positive. We had a very robust economy in the UK, as well as on a global basis, which was generally supportive of equity earnings. But now we obviously fast forward, things have changed slightly. But in your view, how do you see the global economy going next year? Well, I think we've we're coming out of this period um, where there was uncertainty. I, I mean, obviously, the UK is quite a unique case because we we've come out of Europe, and um, there are all the some some companies are experiencing supply chain issues, others aren't, um, others are blazing a trail. So, yeah, we're we're seeing this mixture, but of course, with the with, with uncertainty um, in any situation, if the markets see uncertainty, then People tend to take their and institutions tend to take their money off the table. So we've seen a really flat period, really since May this year, um, and obviously the the um, addition of the Omicron virus over the past few weeks has also been thrown into the mix too. And indeed, I'm just looking at a study that was uh, out this morning, a US study that suggests that the current COVID nineteen vaccines in circulation may be ineffective against Omicron because, of course, it's more infectious, the virus has evolved. So that, of course, basically means lockdown. Um, so however however you slice it, I mean, we're I think next year we're going to see more of the same. But um, uh, I, 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 I think, uh, you know, as we've said in previous weeks, we are uh, starting to get to grips with the virus now and understand how it evolves and understand how we can, can continue working and being productive as a nation without um, without uh, 
uh, resorting to the total lock, total lockdown that we've seen previously. So, um, so I think the I, I think uh, the economy will continue to evolve. I think we're we're set for a strong year next year, um, and I think probably we'll see the lag that we've seen uh, toward the end of two thousand and twenty one continue into early two thousand twenty two. But I think probably um, as we get into February, we'll start to see. Uh, we'll start to see uh, things gather pace, and certainly um, some factors are um, w- without a doubt. We have um, a, 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 an enormous um, appetite next year for commodities, um, based on uh, the fact that we know China is is starting to come back back on stream. It has a prodigious appetite. I think it currently hoovers up some. 20% of the commodities produced worldwide. Added to that, you've got a 1.9 trillion infrastructure budget uh, in the USA, and of course that will mean um, that will mean uh, the appetite for more, for raw materials, commodities, steel, um, and so on will continue to accelerate. Then, of course, we've got the new economy. We've got the clean technology. We've got the EV economy, and everything that's needed to power that. And there are some well documented. Uh, supply chain issues uh, that will could could cause supply squeezes for some of the essential metals um, required to power the new economy. So there are an awful lot of drivers. Added to that, of course, we've got um, uh, uh, smaller pharmaceutical companies fighting infectious diseases and looking to looking for ways to resolve that. And then we've got the new economy. We've got um, the crypto economy. We've now got the metaverse, you know, which is uh, which is just incredible. And the companies that will be required to power that. So there's an awful lot, I think, to look forward to in 2022. And an awful lot of companies are going to be uh, cornerstones in this new economy and also supporting the infrastructure it, the infrastructural demand that um, we'll, we'll see from major economies like China and the USA. Indeed, indeed, very interesting points you made there. Like all, all in my opinion, very valid. It's, it's going to be uh, an inflection point next year for for certain industries, and you know the, the issues that we've seen this year in the supply chain are likely to continue into next year. In in my view, if you just look at some of the company reports that have been coming out in the last couple of weeks, this is something that is. Uh, now prevalent across all industries. So how uh, that is dealt with is going to be particularly important. Um, And of course, uh, coronavirus, in my view, is going to be something that we're going to have to be dealing with for some time in markets. So, Alan, you did mention there, um, you know, the the new economy and there's there's various different things coming into it, as you mentioned, the the metaverse. But, you know, this transition to, to cleaner energy, a greener economy, is going to be particularly prevalent. Uh, you know, it's something that's really uh, become, you know, top of the list of priorities uh, for people in the last couple of years. And that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So I think it's fitting that we start off with the first company here on your list, which is a, a recent IPO into the London markets. It's one that we've discussed on the podcast very recently. It's Technology Minerals. Yes, what indeed. Uh, um, so I, I've got um, I've got six because the thing is, you know, there are so many good companies out there, and we we've kind of narrowed it down to six. And there are there's also there are also two other companies that I think will 
are set for a great year in 2022 as well. And I'll explain why. But um, but I think these are companies that are of their time and are going to um, uh, they're going that they will be supply solutions for the uh, for the um, issues I outlined in 2022. Technology Minerals is a circular economy company. Um, it has uh, a number of battery metals projects. Um, uh, uh, which are at various stages of development. Uh, these projects are in the USA, Spain, uh, Cameroon, and Ireland. Um, I won't go into the details of each one because obviously we've got a lot to cover today. But um, at the same time, the company uh, the company also has a stake in Recyclus, and the company Recyclus is uh, run by the same directors as Technology. Technology Minerals, um, and this is the first company in the UK with the capability to recycle and repurpose batteries on an industrial scale. Um, there are many other companies uh, that will offer recycling, but uh, Recyclers are the first company to put together a blueprint for, for instance, companies like uh, Tesla, um, when batteries come to the end of their life, um, they need recycling. They, they, they need repurposing. And of course, uh, that includes uh, safe transportation to the recycling plant, recycling and breaking down, and then selling those, um, selling the, the black mass, which is the, the, uh, the cathodic metals, which are uh, extracted from, from the, uh, the, uh, the uh, batteries at the end of life back into the market for recycling. And uh, Recyclers has two recycling centres in the Midlands, and it's about to um, it's undertaken its first partnership with Slicker Recycling, and we are expecting a number of new partnerships to come uh, to, to, to come to fruition next year. Um, and of course, the entire process that Recyclers has put together is ESG compatible, um, and it's in line with the the uh, COP26 objectives. Uh, and also, of course, um, the objectives for ca a carbon neutral economy. So this is very important. And um, the company has been structured like this from the get go. So it came to market with the blueprint in mind. And the, co the company currently has a market cap of about uh, about 30 million. Um, and I think it's going to offer great value going forward. We're going to see turnover probably from recyclers for about 10 million next year um, uh, with a small operating loss and that's just based on current um, current uh, uh, relationships and current um, partnerships that are in place um, but uh, I think uh, the executive chairman um, and um, and CEO together believe that they, that the the current deal flow that they have penciled in will accelerate far quicker than um, than they've actually uh, allowed for. So um, also interesting to note that the exact chairman of the company is Robin Brundle. Of course, he's the brother of Martin Brundle, the uh, Formula One commentator and former driver. And he has... Uh, he has a, a huge contact book of, of connections with the within the uh, within the automotive industry, and I think he's the, the, the as a, as a, a leader of the company, he's ideally placed to to uh, put these relationships in place. So I think uh, they tick all the boxes, uh, you know, in in regard to a circular economy company, uh, ESG compatible. Um, Pulling the, uh, getting the battery metals out of the ground to supply the industry, and at the end of life, recycling them and putting the metals back in, um, but in a 
in a, a carbon uh, doing so with carbon neutral credentials and that's uh, that's a pretty unique offering in today's market indeed indeed and one that is likely to see increased demand going forward as we shift over to this greener economy so if people want to know a little bit more about technology minerals it was one that was discussed on the podcast in more detail in recent weeks so if you go back onto your podcast player and have a look through uh, the most recent podcast you'll be able to pick that one out so I should say, well, say as well Jonathan that um, there is uh, well whilst we can still get out and go to these shows there is uh, the London Electric Vehicle Show is on today it was on yesterday is on today and tomorrow at the Business Design Centre in Islington and recyclers and technology minerals have a stand there so you can go and talk to the, the management you can talk to Alex Stanbury the CEO and Robin Brundle they're both on the stand um, so you can you know if you want to do your research prior to buying the stock there's a good opportunity to meet the board indeed indeed we just and see how long these events can actually take place given the restrictions we're seeing from the government which is which is a real shame um so next company one that we've discussed in the podcast previously the ceo paul johnson has actually presented at one of the uk investor magazine virtual events this year so regular listeners will be familiar with the company power metal resources alan yeah, power metal resources, um, and again, uh, you know, at, at the start of the uh, the start of the, the podcast, I mentioned the these China, uh, uh, China, and of course the USA that um, have this that they already have a huge appetite for consuming raw materials. But um, power metal resources um, has uh, invested into and uh, is part owner or uh, or full owner of um, some 14 different minerals projects around the world, uh, ranging from uh, nickel, uh, copper and platinum group metals in Botswana um, and Tanzania, to silver in Canada, um, to to, uh, 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 um, uh, copper and gold in Australia, uh, uranium in Canada, lithium in Canada, the entire spectrum of metals to power, uh, firstly, the, the infrastructural economy, and secondly, the new clean techno- not, uh, technology economy. Um, and uh, the the number of projects this company has, uh, I think the exciting thing about power metals as a company, and again, its stock has drifted in in uh, in uh, in recent months, it's uh, come back from highs of three and a half p. It's uh, it actually dipped to below uh, or down to one point three p yesterday. It's ahead nearly ten percent this morning after announcing um, some drilling work and a new license in uh, the Victoria Goldfields in Australia. Um, but uh, Power Metal has, um, with this range of projects, it has at any one time. There's an awful lot of uh, work un- uh, uh, underway there's uh, there's soil sampling work there's uh, there are aeromag surveys there are there, there are drilling works either either reverse circulation drilling or diamond drilling um and uh, and, and teams are on site at each of these projects getting them to to uh, the, the various stages of fruition and of course Paul Johnson, CEO, is no stranger to success. He was involved with Metal Tiger um, when it uh, made the Sandfire discovery. Um, but with Power Metal, you've got 14 different quality projects, all of which could deliver 
uh, a blockbuster result at any time. And of course, um, the company currently trading 1.4p is valued at just under 20 million, which is absolutely nothing uh, for a company with this range of projects. Any one of these projects comes to fruition, um, it could potentially dwarf the market cap of the company by itself. Um, the other way Power Metal are bringing value to the balance sheet and, and for shareholders, um, a number of these projects are being spun off separately into IPOs. Uh, the most advanced of which is Golden Metal Resources, GMET, um, and uh, we'll hear more about that next year. But that's the portfolio of assets in America, which includes the former Thor Mining Pilot Mountain project, uh, Tungsten project, um, and gold uh, copper projects at Garfield, Stonewall and Golconda. Um, so these have been packaged into gold and metal resources um, and that will of course uh, uh, be uh, listing on the London markets um, in 2022. So very much looking forward for that. They, they, they've um, undertaken um, an initial seed funding round, uh, 750,000, which has been completed successfully. Um, so that's going to bring a lot more value to the power metal balance sheet. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, with investing in small cap companies, it's all about increasing your chances of success. Um, and when you've got 14 different projects on the go, I think the chances of success are massively increased. You can see these projects. If you go to the Power Metal Resources website, um, there is a key project summary page. So literally powermetalresources.com forward slash key hyphen projects hyphen summary. That'll tell you everything you need to know. But uh, yeah, at a very exciting juncture uh, in terms of developments with the projects and the share price is, is currently at a very attractive level. Indeed, it's going to be interesting to see how these IPOs play out next week. That's going to be a great liquidity event for Power Metal Resources, which could uh, could see the shares starting to get moving again. So that's uh, that's something to really watch there. So moving on now, Adam, Blue Star Capital. Uh, of course, during the pandemic, people have been locked indoors. Um, you know, playing computer games. That's that's something that's really we've seen in computer game sales over the last year. They've really gone through the roof. Uh, but Blue Star Capital. Are looking at the esports side of things, they've got investments in numerous companies. Um, what's happening there, and why are you picking them out for next year? Well, the, the gaming and esports sector is, is it's a huge burgeoning economy, and of course, um, with the development of the metaverse, which um, is 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 just incredible. Of course, uh, back to it's going to be part of. 5G. Um, eventually, a, a lot of these gaming and, and the, the virtual land grabs that are currently taking place in the metaverse, a lot of these games will be, the, the, the gaming environments will be integrated into uh, this new metaverse that um, that we, we can all participate in. But what drew me to Blue Star Capital, and I, I spoke about it earlier in the year, is um, that they're, they're an investment company, they're a technology-focused investor, and they have a spread of investments across the key the the the, the key um, areas in, uh, in gaming at the moment. Um, they have a stake in Guild Esports, which of course um, uh, 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 raised twenty million in October last year to come to market, and has uh, blazed a trail ever since. They have a stake in Dynasty Esports in Malaysia, um, and uh, and um, uh, of, of course that's, uh, that that also has just recently uh, recently raised further cash. Um, uh, in Dynasty Esports, for instance, uh, Blue Star Capital's investment was 
um, over two over over two phases, uh, total eight hundred and ninety five thousand, and it's got a book value currently of four point six million. So uh, you know it's really performed well. Um, they have other um, assets in uh, Google Esports India, Dibs Esports in Los Angeles, um, Demons Esports Australia, um, Drops and Spots in Canada. Formation Esports France, and also Leaf Mobile in Canada, which is a mobile gamers development company, which listed. Uh, they had a small stake in that, which is which is uh, uh, which has uh, grown rapidly in value. Um, and it's uh, you, you can look at uh, if you go if you follow the company, you can look at any stage and see what the book value of these investments uh, are, are worth. But it also has uh, investments into blockchain and payment companies. Satoshi Pay, for instance, uh, it has a a big stake, and it's a payment company with uh, which uh, provides B to B to B cross border payments. Also, micro payments, so tiny amounts of money, uh, you know, which uh, via a lot of payment services are uneconomical. It provides these payment services, digital wallets, and of course, um, it has a smart contract network called Pendulum that it's just raised five million dollars for. So, um, the other investments in in ST Haler, uh, which is an identity and payment technology company, which developed the Fingo Pay, which is a finger vein ID uh, process uh, that was developed in conjunction. With Hitachi, and if we look at the share price performance, I mean the company's currently got a valuation of fourteen point two million. And when we first looked at this company early this year, uh, it was seven and a half million. So it's done very well. But really, a lot of that performance has come uh, in the past six weeks. Um, the share price jumped uh, in November, um, and of course, uh, the value of these investments is. Currently, uh, currently accelerating. In particular, Guild Esports and Dynasty Esports, which have done very well. Um, and Guild is also worth noting signed a multi-million pound Subway sponsorship deal earlier this year, um, and uh, it's it's uh, well, it, it's raking it in. So, um, so a Blue Star Capital, I think, will continue to grow through throughout. Uh, 2022 simply because it's got a great spread of spread of exposure to esports and blockchain um payments uh, payment companies around the world and uh, it's a successful formula worked very well from this year and I, and I believe it's going to continue to de- to deliver for them next year indeed uh, for investors who want to know more do check out the recent list of rns from blue star because it does show uh, progression of the company, uh, some great headlines there. So do yeah. do have a look at that for, for more information. Uh, next up, Alan, we've got IQE, one that I do remember we discussed on the podcast this year. Um, what is that making into your picks for 2022? Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, I know my old colleague Malcolm Stacey is a fan of these. It's a, they're a British semiconductor company in Cardiff in Wales, um, and they, they they manufacture advanced uh, wafers for technology applications across wireless, electronics, solar, and so on. Um, and you know, if you take a look at the chart, I mean, the company is currently worth two hundred and thirty-five million, so worth quite a bit of money. Um, but that's come back; it's come back a long way, you know, from the year highs. It's currently trading at thirty-one p at the year low. From year highs of, of 91p, but the um, to my mind the the company uh, really um, turned a corner in terms of 
its exposure to the new economy uh, when it uh, announced that it had uh, signed a long-term strategic partnership with Global Foundries, who are the fourth largest semiconductor manufacturer in the world. And the two of them between them through this partnership are going to develop uh, gallium nitride on silicon or GAN on SI as it's uh, uh, as, as the abbreviation is known, technology for mobile and wireless infrastructure applications. And this is the material of choice for 5G networks. Um, and it's these 5G networks that are going to su- support the this new metaverse, this new gaming and land grab environment that is making the headlines at the moment. Um, and I think uh, somebody once said to me, uh, years ago, well, I think it's uh, you know it's as true today as it ever was. You know, the people that actually make the money during the gold rush are the people handing out the picks and shovels. And in that way, um, I think IQE are going to be a major participant in powering and providing the infrastructure for this new, the new five G economy, which will support the metaverse. Um, and you know, as such, I think it's uh, it's reached a turning point in its fortunes. And whilst the the share price performance to date would indicate otherwise, I think once we start to see uh, the the uh, the partnership with Global Foundries starting to deliver, I think we're going to see a big turnaround for the company in two thousand twenty two. Yes, indeed. I mean, the semiconductors is, is an area that's been. Uh, of much interest this year for people that are looking, you know, some of the supply chain issues. Um, so if they're able to get themselves in the market there and really push forward into the metaverse, uh, the future does certainly look bright for IQE. So next up, Alan, we've got Paul Beg Pharma. Paul Beg Pharma, indeed. So um, Paul Beg Pharma, um, I picked Paul Beg because uh, they are, uh, they of course were spun off uh, early this year. They IPO'd. Um, came out of uh, Open Orphan, um, and uh, the company's currently got a valuation of forty-three million, trading at about nine p. Um, listed at uh, uh, came to market at ten and a half p. It's hit, hit a year high of thirteen p, and uh, the, the, the stock has just drifted back in in recent weeks. You know, along with um, along with a number of other smaller cap stocks, but um, the the company because Open Orphan are so heavily involved in the human challenge studies and um, and uh, the developments uh, with Ben Life Sciences. Uh, Paul Begg was set up to deal with the in-house asset, assets, which were, of course was known as POLB001. Um, uh, it, it's a, a vaccine for infectious diseases, but it was set up to be a capital-like company um, developing, uh, uh, d- developing vaccines for infectious diseases um, to a certain point before then selling those assets on into to big pharma and of course um, you can develop uh, an asset like this with relatively little outlay up to a certain point at which at which point you need a company with a financial might of say Pfizer or AstraZeneca to then take it on and and develop the asset so um so so with the capital line approach they spend approximately two to three million on each of these infectious disease assets um, before before they then take the uh, take the asset and, and uh, look to sell it on and develop it and of course they retain a stake in the asset and uh, and participate in in the value inflection points that come further down the road um, and I think you know the company said uh, that uh, COVID has shown how 
devastating infectious diseases can be. Um, and they have a number of vaccine candidates um, that are, are are undergoing work. Uh, one is for pneumonia, another for E. coli. Um, and on the 6th of December, this is uh, a week or so ago, it announced uh, um, a, a, an agreement to license Melio, a vaccine for meliodosis with the University College of Dublin and uh, and the, the vaccine inventor, Professor Siobhan McLean. Um, so this is a big step forward. Um, Jeremy Skillington, uh, the chief executive of Paul Begg, um, you know, said, you know, we're now doing what we promised at IPO, which is expanding our portfolio of, uh, of infectious disease assets. Um, and uh, the, the Capitalite approach also means that the work is undertaken fairly rapidly. So um, unlike a lot of biotech companies and pharmaceutical companies where you're looking at, uh, you know, a runway possibly of two, three, four years in many cases, you know, we, we're looking at a, a runway, a development runway, you know, uh, probably of under a year with some of these assets to bring them to, to fruition. Um, and of course, um, there is also announced partnership with European, uh, European's Genomics to uh, to develop um, uh, RNA sequencing for its RSV, a respiratory, respiratory signal virus uh, asset, um, and uh, also developing its Predict Viral platform, which is which is a, a virtual uh, a virtual platform. It's undertaken a lot of work on. Um, so Jeremy Skillington, the CEO, um, is a biochemist. Uh, he joined Influzone Biotech uh, in 2016. Um, and before he joined Paul Begg, they sold Influzone to Roche Pharmaceutical for $450 million. So he's, he's, he has a great deal of expertise in developing companies and selling them on uh, to, uh, to, to the majors. Uh, and this is go- going to be a model that Paul Begg will simply repeat and repeat and repeat. And I think they're, you know, they're, they're very well positioned. Carl Friel, of course, um, he's the exec chairman at uh, Open Orphan, is also exec chairman at um, at uh, uh, um, uh, Poolbeg Pharma. Needs no introduction in that regard. But uh, I think uh, this company's got a portfolio of assets that are really going to deliver in 2022. And uh, given the fact that you can now pick up the share at, at its all-time low since it came to market, it's a slam dunk uh, no-brainer. Indeed, I'll certainly be watching the development of their influenza treatment with some interest. I think that's set for uh, a human study in June 2022. So that's a date to be keeping an eye on there from any developments for them. So tertiary minerals, uh, Alan, is the final of the six today. One that we've discussed on the podcast, they've got a broad portfolio of assets uh, why does this make it into your picks for 2022? It, well, it makes it uh, into uh, the picks because it uh, has a series of tertiary, of course, evolved from a company uh, seeking uh, uh, fl- with some fluorospar assets. And of course, fluorospar is, uh, is it, it's, a, it's a, a, a mineral that's uh, used across a wide range of industrial applications. Um, it moved away from those and developed a series of uh, of um, of assets in precious metals, uh, copper, and and, and other areas, um, recently took on Patrick uh, Cullen as managing director, and Patrick is now 
blazing a trail in uh, and he's pushing the projects the company are engaged with forward um the 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 company's primary project in the usa this is in nevada they have a, a group of assets in nevada but the primary project there is the pyramid silver and gold project and a major silver discovery has been made at the north ruth uh, area within the pyramid license area um and uh, indeed uh the company updated um a, a few weeks ago patrick was out there and uh the the area of discovery has been expanded they found more silver um high-grade gold silver high-grade gold uh, high grades of gold um very close to and on the surface in the area um and it's an asset that they are working flat out on to to develop and assess and and uh, look at the best ways of extracting value from that um so that's a very exciting uh very exciting development in addition the company has uh, agreed to take up options on copper uh, assets in zambia um and uh zambia of course is a renowned producer of copper was a major producer of copper in 2020 globally uh, one of the big producers and the zambia copper belt for a geologist is well documented there's huge potential and tertiary now owns uh, licensed territory across about 1500 square kilometers in the area including uh, the jacks asset which is is um has has had previous exploration work and uh, and uh, is well known for copper content and again patrick uh, visited zambia before going to nevada and uh, was you know impressed with what he found there so um so i think tertiary's got a great uh, th- there's great potential for 2022 because the developments are simply going to take place they know they know the assets are in the ground they've they've already uh, they've already found them in in significant quantities um there's also of course in the us the brunton pass copper project which patrick and the chairman also patrick cheatham as well uh visited together um and there are a number of other assets that they will be bringing on stream during that time so why is why is tertiary a pick for next year well the company currently has no premium at all in its share price for these assets it's got a 1.9 million valuation um and the share price is trading at 0.16 p down from a year high of 0.64 p so it's absolutely rock bottom um and just going back to the point i made at the beginning about about uh companies providing uh, um uh, uh materials uh, uh minerals to power the new new economy tertiary is one of those companies right in the mix there so i think it's set for a very exciting year and at the very least a significant revaluation from its current low Yes, I mean, Tertiary is one of those companies, like, uh, like many of the ones you've discussed there, they've got a very broad portfolio of assets, and it doesn't take a huge uh, amount uh, to get these shares really moving as soon as we, see, we get those key developments coming through. So certainly an interesting company to be keeping an eye on, and one that we've discussed on the podcast. And no doubt, as soon as we get further updates on Tertiary, we'll be uh, delivering those through the podcast in 2022 so they're your six uh for next year they're your, they're your six top picks alan but you did say at the beginning you have two special mentions uh it didn't quite make it into the top six but you, you still think are worth keeping a very close eye on uh in the in the near future and they are coincilium and cadence yes indeed so, so coincilium first of all um i had a uh, you know i regularly speak with malcolm pally the chairman and um and uh 
Uh, of course, um, we're uh, December is the launch time for uh, the the, uh, the the beta. Uh, it's the beta launch for the new NFT marketplace platform. And uh, you know, going back to my analogy of handing out the the uh, the, the picks and the shovels for the uh, for the revolution in the NFT space, um, the NFT marketplace uh, will basically be a white label marketplace for major brands to brand their uh, brand their assets. You know, brands such as uh, Gucci and uh, and uh, uh, um, and other uh, other leading brands to use um, to use the NFT marketplace to sell assets, sell NFT assets virtually. Um, beta testing is is underway now, and um, we're we're going to see some news on that over Christmas and probably early into the new year. Um, the company also has about three and a half million dollars worth of assets in cryptocurrency. That's, uh, of course, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, and a range of other tokens. Um, and also, uh, an announcement I, th- I think was missed by the market. Um, the, com- the company sold uh, some tre- uh, some of its tre- uh, treasury shares to a strategic investor a few weeks ago, and the- those shares were sold at 10p. Ke- uh, uh, the-, the current share price for Coincilium is between 65 and 7p. So it's actually trading under that level, and I think there could be some significance next year with the strategic uh, investor coming on board. But obviously, we'll have to wait for the company to make those announcements. So that's that's um, that's the uh, my, my, my view of the uh, of the um, uh, the Coincident company. Also, of course, has its asset in Green Gauge, which is um, uh, which is looking to set up banking services in the DeFi space. Uh, so we'll have more news on that this year too. Um, on to Cadence Minerals. Cadence, of course, we've spoken about on many occasions, and I know you spoke with uh, Kieran Mazzari, the chief executive, um, over uh, at the end of last week, um, uh, and Kieran explained the model. Um, the, the, the company's flagship, flagship asset is the is the Amapa um, iron ore asset in Brazil, um, and uh, the company is waiting for uh, for the final. Um, uh, 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 the, the, the final preset criteria for completing its first investment to acquire 20% of the company. And that, of course, is the settlement agreement with the banks um, that were pr- uh, providing banking services to the older Maparine or uh, mine before it went into administration. Um, as we know, all the preconditions have been satisfied. The the railway uh, and the mine are, are undergoing recommissioning. Um, the port is undergoing recommissioning. They've already shipped material from a map of port, and these, of course, are iron ore tailings. Uh, and there are, uh, you know, uh, blue chip buyers all around the world lining up to buy uh, these uh, these these iron ore tailings. Um, but uh, um, I believe we're very close to this bank settlement being completed. And of course, once that happens, uh, it will trigger, I believe, a major re-rating of Cadence. And the shares have crept up in recent days. Uh, probably in anticipation of this, but nonetheless, you know, Cadence is at a very exciting juncture as a company. And of course, it also has its assets in um, the Sinovec Lithium and Tin project through its investment into European Metals Holdings. It has um, a, it has uh, stakes in the Sonora Lithium project, uh, of course, back in Oral Minerals there. Um, it has, uh, it has uh, an interest there, uh, um, uh, 30% 30% stake in the Mexlet and Megalit uh, um, assets within the Sonora um, area. 
Um, go to Australia. We have some hard rock lithium assets. The company are currently looking to uh, divest uh, to uh, gain some exposure to copper and indeed Castillo Copper have a 90-day option to purchase those assets, which if successful will deliver some $3 million worth of value to Cadence in terms of uh, shares in Castillo. Um, uh, so that has yet to be completed, of course. Um, and of course, it has a stake in the Yanjibana Rare Earths Project, uh, Yanjibana North. Um, the operator there is Hastings Technology Metals, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more next year from uh, from these various projects. But uh, Amapa, of course, is front and centre right now. Yes. Uh, speaking to, to Kieran just last week, uh, I was under the impression that there could be some pretty significant announcements coming in the not-too-distant future. So do check out that podcast um, and there'll be further information coming on that when we get it, because that's one that we've been keeping a particularly close eye on there and uh, particularly exciting developments in the pipeline there at the uh, at the Amapa project. So uh, just go for a recap now of the companies discussed today and included in Alan's top picks for 2022. We kicked off with Technology Minerals with a ticker of TM1. It was then Power Metal Resources. Um, trading under the ticker of POW. It was then Blue Star Capital with a ticker of BLU. IQE then with a ticker of IQE. It was then Paul Big Pharma, which has a ticker of POLB. And the last of the six was Tertiary Minerals with a ticker of TYM. And the two companies that had a special mention were Consolium with a ticker of C-O-I-N, and just then was Cadence Minerals with a ticker of K-D-N-C. So if you check out the notes of the podcast, all those companies will be detailed there, so you can check those out in your own time. Alan, thank you very much for taking the time today to deliver your top picks for 2022. Thank you, Jonathan, and uh, 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 have a great Christmas and uh, a peaceful and prosperous New Year to, to all too. listeners. Thank you very much and thanks for listening in 2021. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk. 